I haven't been able to stop crying. God's been moving in my heart. And I know that this is a message that he really wants his people to get. For the past couple of weeks, we've been working on a series called um, out of Isaiah 9, 6, and he shall be called. And so we've, we, we, we did the wonderful counselor. He is a, the indescribable guide. Can't even put words to it. Um, last week, we, we saw him as our uh, a mighty God, El Shaddai, who's able to do anything above and beyond all that we can ever imagine or think for ourselves. God is able so oftentimes, the, the struggles of life and the mountains that are placed before us, and, 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 and all of a sudden, they, they kind of block out the sun, right? And we don't realize we're looking at this mountain. We think this mountain is huge. But, but if we just take the mountain out and look at our God, our God is so much greater than the mountains, so much greater than the obstacles. He can resolve issues. One word from God can change everything. And so we need to understand and know him and acknowledge him that he is mighty God. He is able to do. Amen? And this morning now we pick up on a third title that was given to our Savior 700 years before his birth. And so I'd like if you have a tablet, if you have a Bible, um, if um, we don't have it on the screen right now, um, but... In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Chapter 9, verse 6. And we've been reading this uh, uh, for the past couple of weeks. So, for us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father. That's where we're going to camp out this morning. So we're, we're, we're going to take a little time and, and kind of just pause here and acknowledge God as our everlasting Father. Father. I got to tell you that this is, this is a word that, that, that often leaves us in confusion when we're dealing with God. What's our reference point? What's our Father? Who's our, you know what I'm saying? But when you think about God as our everlasting Father, our reference point is normally our earthly Father. And we want to look at it through those lens, through that lens. How can, how can, how can I understand that God is my everlasting Father when I still don't even really understand what my natural Father was supposed to be doing? This may not apply. Often, many of us are blessed to, to have a great dad to, walk, to, to bring us up and, and to teach us. But oftentimes, we're, we're, many of us aren't so blessed, are we? And sometimes we're faced and, 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 and we're born into a family where a father may never be satisfied. He's never satisfied. Words like, I love you, or good job, well done, almost elude. They're never there. 
Sometimes it's like that affection and, and that caring is like a carrot being held on the stick that, that, that if we could just perform, if we could just do the things that, that we need to do, if I could just get enough good grades, if I could just get, bring home that gold trophy, if I could just, if I could just, if I could just. And we strive and we, and we try and we put forth our best effort just, just to get that, that acclamation, that acknowledgement. Dad's just never satisfied. And we, we find ourselves trying to outperform. And, and, and could it be, could it be, I just, you know, just a thought. Could it be that possibly, maybe, there are people that even go to the point of rebellion to get dad's attention? Come on, because if I get enough good grades and if I make my bed and I do my chores and, 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 and everything that is, is, is required and asked of me, if I'm able to go ahead and make that happen and I'm still not getting the love, if I'm not hearing the words, if I'm not being fulfilled by my dad, well, maybe, maybe I might as well just go out and smoke pot. Maybe, maybe a little grand larceny. We get his attention. Little? Hmm? <laughs> We're forced with these realities. And, and because of our life experiences, if dad was never satisfied, how can, how can I possibly ever satisfy God? Now, we've taken the same perspective and we bring it into our relationship with Christ. We want to superimpose on Jesus what really belongs upon our earthly father. And that's not fair for him. That's not fair for him. And, and in dealing with relationships, here's a key thought that I want you to get. Expectations by performance always leads to disappointment. Mm. Expectations by performance will always lead to disappointments. What does that mean? Well, if, if, if my expectation of you is based on the things that I'm doing and the things that I'm doing is not getting the right reaction that I'm trying to get out of you, then I'm always going to be left to what? Disappointment. We put false expectations upon people. We put false expectations upon our parents. Yeah, well, my, my father's supposed to provide. He's supposed to do. Yeah, he's supposed to do all of that. And if he doesn't, he can't really give you what he doesn't have. Oftentimes, it's, you know, we, we got to come to the place of maturity in ourselves to, to recognize and acknowledge, well, if my dad wasn't able to give that to me, did he really ever have it? Did he understand it? The Bible says that it is because of ignorance that my people suffer. And oftentimes, dealing with grown men and having to counsel them, I have to, you know, come to the place and, 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 and bring them. You just got to let it go. He couldn't give you what he didn't have. He was broken and he was hurting. But you can't allow that to then come and define you. We got to turn around and understand, Lord God, and I've come to the place. Let him go. God, I forgive him. Yeah, but you, Pastor, you don't know what he did to me. Okay. All right. Valid. Valid. What else? I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I really am. But until we can turn around and say, God, I forgive him. I release him. The healing can never take place inside ourselves. And so 
when we're dealing with, with a father who's never satisfied. We also have to deal with, oftentimes, with fathers who are always angry. Who are always angry. Ever felt like when dad got home, you had to walk on eggshells? Shh, dad's home. Did you clean that? Did you take care of? Because at any moment in time, he can fly off the handle. He can start yelling. He can start name-calling. Things like, you're never going to amount to anything. Things like, you're a loser. Coming from a father. The one that scars me, or has scarred me from the past, is that you're a mistake. I never even meant to have you. How can we possibly see God as our heavenly father when we have such a miserable point of reference in regards to our earthly dads, where they fall short? The dads we most know not only are never satisfied, not only can they also be angry, but most of the time, unfortunately, they're seldom there. They're seldom there. Absentee dads, so busy with work, so busy with doing the things that we've got to do. Very common in situations of divorce. They're there one moment and then they're there now the next. And it's not isolated to just divorce. Jails, prisons, institutions, drug addictions, all threaten to remove the father from the home environment. We deal with this on a daily basis. It says, because of ignorance, my people suffer. And we need to be able to forgive. My dad was a good man. He was Dr. Lindenberg. All right, he wasn't really a doctor, but, you know, uh, that's a <laughs> title we use, right? Doc, Dr. Lindenberg. You know, he, he, was, he was a good man. He was a community activist. He was president of the Kiwanis Club of LaGuardia Airport. He was president of the Merchants Association of Junction Boulevard. I mean, he was, he was a good man. But Dr. Lindenberg was also Mr. Hyde. And that bottle had a grip on him. And he'd wake up one person and go to sleep another. And so you had that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde environment and, and how confusing that is as a child. In the morning he loved me and in the evening. One moment he loved my mom and the next moment he was putting his hands on her. I'm here to tell you, church, that our earthly father cannot will not ever compare with our everlasting Father. When we look at God and we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Church, we can't put the perspective in the lens of looking at him through our earthly eyes and our earthly Father because they would never compare to the greatness and the goodness of what our heavenly Father has for us. 
the amount of love, unconditional love, the amount of grace, how oftentimes He's there to pick us up and, and, and wipe away the, the, the scrapes on our knees and the owies on our elbows. And He wants to so much be able to bless us and love us and take care of us and nurture us. But that's a foreign idea so far from us. So this morning, church, we're going to take an opportunity and we're going to look at God as our Father. But we're going to wipe away the past. We're going to wipe away our reference point. We're going to forgive in the areas that we need to forgive. And if there's something so vile, so violent, so disgustingly uh, that has been done to you, say, God, forgive I forgive, but help, help me with my unforgiveness. We got to come to a place to be able to let go to the best that we can in the areas that we can. God, deal with me in this area. But according to your word and according to what it says, that in order for me to be forgiven, I also must be willing to forgive. And yes, atrocities may have been done unto us, but at the same time, if we were to look at the atrocities that were done to you as you were going towards that cross... If your words were to forgive them, my God, I want those words to be mine. Even in the midst of it. Everlasting Father, through our scriptures. The first thing I want to point out, this is an important reference point. I'm going to give you three of them. I gave you three reference points for our earthly fathers so that we can erase that, so we can bring forth healing to that. And I believe that by the end of this service that, that, that God is going to move inside hearts of individuals here in this room and bring forth the healing like no other. And as we, as, we, as we erase that past and we look towards the future and, and, and focus in on the dad that we do have, Psalm 103.8 says it like this, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. So the first, the first characteristic is I want to say that he is what? Compassionate. He is compassionate. One of the most liberating moments that I have ever experienced in my life was that moment when I came to realization that there is nothing I can do. There is zero, not a single thing, zilch, that I can do to try to earn God's love. Nothing. I don't have to perform for Him. He loves me unconditionally right the way I am. Even in my brokenness, the Bible says, yet while we were still in their sin, yet while we were still in our sin, rebelling out against Him, he loved us to the point that He gave His life. The love of our Heavenly Father is not contingent on our performance. It's solely based on what is already naturally in His heart. He is our Father that loves us. And I know this is a lousy reference point, but I mean, I look at my kids and I love my kids. I try to be a... You know, so much, I, I don't want to be a better dad than my dad. I want to be a dad like my father, my heavenly father is to me. 
That's my reference point. My God, you set that bar. And I love my kids unconditionally. And whatever they do, I may be upset at them, but it will never change them the way I love. I love them unconditionally. He doesn't knucklehead move. Doesn't, all right, grounded and everything else, but it, does it change the love that I have for him? No. Some of you may feel like you've been performing and working out your salvation. You're exhausted and tired, and you're just trying to cleanse your conscience just to gain the approval and acceptance. You're tired, and you need a break because the performance has been ingrained into you. Matthew 11.28 says it like this. Now, this is Jesus talking. These are his words to us. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest. Just rest. Stop trying to do everything. Stop trying to perform. Stop trying to, 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 to attain the new goals that you think would, would, would give you the acceptance or, 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 or the fulfillment. Rest this morning, church, and know that there is nothing, nothing that you have to do for God's love to come over you. Nothing. You don't have to go plant the church. You don't have to go feed the homeless. You don't, have to, you don't have to do nothing. Nothing. He loves you just the way you are. And he gives rest. He gives rest. Life that glorifies God. But stop trying to do everything right because you think God doesn't accept you. God cannot love you. Church, God cannot love you any more or any less than he already does. He can't do it. He can't do it. He cannot love you any more or any less than what he already does. So find rest in that. Find rest for your souls in knowing that according to his word. And when we rest in him, we really find out that he cares for us. He's compassionate, and he's also caring. Listen to the, what the Bible says. This is God speaking. Come on, listen to these words. He's not angry with you. He'll never abuse you, misuse you, speak ill of you. Jeremiah 29.11 states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. His plan is to prosper us. Prosper us. You know what? Oftentimes we, we think of prosperity and we think about, you know, all right, I want a house. I want that, you know, that nice GL 300, little 44 rims. What? We, we, we think of prosperity and we think of stuff. But really the word prosperity the Greek word, sozo, sozo, same word that we get salvation from. 
God's prosperity enters every arena of our lives. It's not just the finances. He wants to prosper you with good health. He wants to prosper you with great relationships. He wants to prosper you with appliances that are going to outlast the new ones. He's going to prosper you with with income. He's going to prosper you with a sound mind. He's going to prosper you with a heart that's compassionate. It's going to break for the things that his heart breaks for. This is his prosperity. This is the salvation of the Lord. He cares. He cares. And he wants to give us hope, 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 faith, faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the things unseen. My God, so wait, hold on a second. The substance, the substance, 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 substance got to be tangible. I got to be able to hold it. I got to be, I want to be able to smell it. I want to be able to see it. It's substance. It's the substance of the things that I'm hoping for. What am I hoping for? My God, that you would, that you would touch my son and bring him back. That you would break the chains of addiction. Father God, that you would repel and bind and cast out anxiety and depression. My God, what are the things that we are praying for? These, this is substance. And I'm saying bring your substance to the Lord because what he's saying is is the substance of things hoped for, but it is the evidence. It is the tangible reality, the credibility of the things unseen. So oftentimes I think about how my mom must have prayed for me. How many tears must she not have cried? I mean, when I was out in the world running around being a knucklehead, oh my God. But those private prayers in her bedroom, those tears that she cried, right? What's the evidence now and today? God fulfills it. You can't see it. It's something that's outside of your control. It's the unseen. But just because you can't physically see it yet doesn't mean that by prayer I cannot manifest it. My God, the credibility of my faith is that when you deliver my prayers, hallelujah. The credibility is there. And he fulfills it and he's a faithful God. And he is not the son of man that he shall lie. And he will not repent. What he says he's going to do, he will do. And if we can pray in alignment with his word, we can know that we can take it to the bank. Whatever the circumstance may appear, however uh, things may be unraveling before you, that's not what's really taking place. Our battle is a spiritual battle. These are just the symptoms that are manifesting in the physical. But when I'm going to turn around, the healing is coming in the spiritual. When I, when I pray in my closet, the, what takes place outside in the world, now the manifestation of God moving. Woo! Come on, if that doesn't build your faith, that we can go and say, look at what the Lord has done. Miracle after miracle, healing after deliverance. These are the things that we know, we know we can expect from a father that's always there. He's always there. And that's the third characteristic. He'll never leave us. Hebrews 
13.5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I don't know. Last time I checked, I looked up the you know, Merriam-Webster dictionary. What does never mean? Oh, look at that. It means just that. Never. Like never. How often times? Never. If I'm walking in obedience to God, can I count on him to be there? According to his word, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Ever. I think about Adam. And, 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 and when Adam sinned, and sin came in, and they tried to hide, and they sowed fig leaves, right? They tried to cover their sins, and, and God said, Adam, where art thou? He wasn't asking Adam where his geographical location was. He knew exactly where Adam was. He wasn't asking, where, 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 where were you standing? What, no, Adam, where are you? Where's your heart? Where's your mind? You're, you're far from me. You ever often feel like you're far from God? Here's, 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 here's what we do. And this is our daily walk. This is our daily struggle, family. Regardless of wherever I am, I know he's on the throne. He doesn't change, for he is omnipresent. He is in all places at all times. Adam, where art thou? Lord, Father, God, if I'm praying and I'm not feeling your presence, I need to examine, search, search my heart, search me. Where am I, Lord? Why do I feel so distant from you? Because if I feel distant from you, Lord, it's not because you moved. It's me. I'm the one that moved. It scares the bejesus out of me sometimes because, Lord, I, I, I just I, I don't want to be outside of your presence. I don't want to be outside of your will. But we fall short. And life has its struggles. And oftentimes we make poor decisions because we don't consult God with everything. But God is saying, you know what? I want you to consult with me. Come. Let us reason together. I'll show you exactly what it is that you need to do. He is a father that is always there. That he would never leave us. At any given moment in time, even when we're apart from him and we fall and we stumble, made another bad decision, didn't consult God, now I got to deal with these issues. I brought it upon myself, my God, how many bruises and how many scrapes I got on my elbows. Dad, I'm coming back to you. I'm sorry. Come here, son. Come here, my daughter. A little hydrogen peroxide on that. We're going to wipe it off. It's going to maybe sting a little bit. I'll clean it for you. I got you. I got you. And this morning, if we looked at our Father through the eyes of Scripture, we'll know, we'll know in full confidence that we have a Father that cares and is compassionate and is always there. Hallelujah. I'd like you to stand with me this morning, church. And I don't know what your relationship was like with your earthly father. I don't know some of the hurts and some of the pasts that you, you may be carrying. And um, maybe you've tried to forgive. And, 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 and there are areas and there are things that you just can't even find yourself able to forgive. I know that's a real reality. But if you would just this morning 
humble your hearts before him and ask him to come in to bring forth the healing in the areas that you need the healing to be able to bring forth forgiveness in the areas that you need to forgive I believe that that healing and that that forgiveness is here. It's in this house this morning. God wants to release you. He wants to deliver you and set you free from any of the past hurts. And that healing is going to give you a new platform. It's going to give you a new outlook to be able to see Him as your Heavenly Father. Not as the world teaches us to be dads, Anybody can father a child. It takes a special man to be a dad. Huh? God, teach us to be dads. Teach us how you are our dad. And that that we can come to you. We don't have to be afraid. You're not going to scream at us. You're not going to call us names. You're not going to belittle us. You're not going to put your hands on us. You're going to love us and embrace us. Right where we're at. Give us a new, fresh perspective, Lord, so that we can come to you in full confidence, so that we can come to you and bear our hearts and and just tell you in the areas that we're struggling in and where we've fallen short and, oh, my God, the things that uh, strike fear inside of us. Lord, release it now. Release it now amongst your people. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. You will be called, oh Jesus, everlasting Father. Our dad that will never disappear. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this day. And I thank you for this opportunity. And even now, Lord, Father God, as as you're stirring inside the hearts and minds of your people, of your children, I pray, God, that you would do the work. Breathe your Holy Spirit upon them, O Father God. Bring forth the enlightenment. Bring forth the deliverance. I pray, God, that you would do the work. I ask these things, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you, church. I bless you, church. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I bless you, church. Have a blessed week. And remember, I know, if you want to spend a little extra time, if, if you want some prayer, um, just, just come, come right up. I'll be over on the side. I, I've got anointing oil. I'd, I'd love to just be able to pray for you if, if you feel you, want, you need some prayer. Um, and remember that next week, uh, Christmas lands on a Sunday. Christmas Day is Sunday. Amen to that. Which means, guess what? We ain't going to be in church. That's in two weeks? Really? Oh, wow. I'm totally off. Okay. In two weeks. Okay. Here, what's most important is this. That we're not going to have church on Sunday, Christmas Day. We're going to have a Christmas Eve service here, Saturday night at 5 p.m. So Saturday night at 5 p.m., let, let, let your friends know, your family know. We're going to have a special Christmas Eve performance. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna visit the last name of Jesus as our 
Prince of Peace as we visit that manger. And so we're going to have a Christmas Eve service. We're going to have GDX. Our youth are going to perform in worship again. And so um, it's going to be an awesome time in the Lord. Um, so the 24th will be here um, uh, at 5 p.m. And I'll see you next week at 10 a.m. Same place, same time, same channel. Hallelujah. God bless you, family.